Okay, hi guys, welcome back to another episode, or hi if you're new. Um, okay, we'll start with the weekly update. Haven't really done much this week, I will not lie to you. Honestly, wait, what have I done? I mean, it's Thursday. Yes, I'm recording this late, it has to be up this evening, whatever. Um, but I haven't even gone to SoulCycle that much. Honestly, I've just been, like, in bed. Um, I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but... I'm a bit stuffy. I've had a bit of a cold. To be fair, I don't actually know if it's a cold or I'm just sleeping with my window open too much and I get like really sensitive to sleeping with my window open but it's summer and it was hot over the past few weeks so I needed to do that. But anyways, I sound bunged up and ill. But yeah, sorry, that's a pretty shitty weekly update to be fair. What the fuck have I done? No, I literally haven't done anything. Um, well, aren't I a bundle of joy and laughs? However, I'm going to start this week's episode with a story. <laughs> and if you follow me on TikTok, then you probably already know what this story is. But people have been asking for, like, the long version of this story because there's only so much I can put on TikTok. So if you don't follow me on TikTok, I'll give you a brief rundown of the background of this story. So I made a video saying that one time I was hooking up this guy and he made a comment on the freckles on my back and in my head I found it hilarious because I know I don't have freckles on my back, instead it's back knee scars. And listen, let's normalise back knee because fuck it, I have it, many other people have it, what are you gonna do about it, okay? It's there, it's not going anywhere, it's life. But yeah, I have these back knee scars and this guy that I was sleeping with was like, oh my god, you have freckles? And I was like, okay, bye bestie, my Uber's here. Made this video, didn't think anything of it. The incident was a few years ago, so, you know, I didn't think anyone who knew me then would see it. Ah, I was wrong. He commented on the video. He commented on the video and I immediately deleted his comment and blocked him. But then I unblocked him because I was like, actually, no, you should see that I am thriving. But I deleted the comment. And, you know, I just, if you know me, you know that I get very, like, when awkward things happen or things that might make me the slightest bit nervous, my body feels like the best way to react is to just be extremely overdramatic. And I was like, cry laughing at it and like just being so obnoxiously loud and then I sat there and I was like no actually he treated me like absolute shit like this isn't even funny like go away but I didn't say anything about it I didn't like message him I don't have his number I thought I had him blocked on everything but he messaged me on Instagram and I feel like this is what everybody wants to know so he messaged me on Instagram and he was like, I won't say anyone's names, but he was like, it was his friend who made a fake account. And honestly, I didn't reply because I just thought how fucking childish. Like the last time I heard someone say, oh my God, my friend made a fake account was when I was like 15. And I was just like, what the actual fuck is going on here? Like, I am not even going to entertain this message at all. Like, I am not giving this person access to my primary Instagram DMs. But, yeah, that message is just, like, chilling in my inbox. And I just thought, like, oh my god, some people really don't grow up. Like, how have you not changed one bit? And to me, 
I do think it's quite funny because I'm like, you were an absolute asshole to me. And then when I like, so I took a gap year, my best friend and I both took a gap year. And when we were on our gap year, we went clubbing. And when we were in the club, we saw this guy and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I should have never treated you like that, blah, blah, blah. And my best friend, the girl boss that she is, she was like, don't speak to Mary. Like, leave her alone. <laughs> and that was like one of the last times I ever saw him. Like, thankfully so, because honestly, not the best of guys. Um, until now, when he's in my Instagram DMs being like, my friend made a fake account to message you. And honestly, I like, I was talking to my dad about it and I was just like, do you know what I find the best part of all of this? That we haven't seen each other in so long. And in order for him to message me on Instagram, he had to look at my Instagram profile and I'm hot as fuck now. And that must be so embarrassing. Like you lost a bad bitch and this bad bitch does not want to speak to you. So yeah, that's the update on the back me story. Honestly, I've been having like, I don't know. Is it sentiment? Not really. Nostalgia? Not really. Just that kind of feeling though, surrounding the fact that I'm nearly 23, my birthday is next month, and I have a new phone coming today, I think it arrives in like five hours, um, and I've ordered, well no, I've like put in action for my phone number to be changed, uh, it's still being processed for some reason, and I completely cleaned my room, changed a load of things, threw a lot of shit out. I'm like changing my wardrobe, selling all of my clothes. And I get like this a lot surrounding my birthday. I don't think it's ever been as dramatic as I've been this month, but normally around my birthday, I like to start over. I think of it as a new chapter. I don't care for New Year's resolutions, but birthday resolutions I love. And I always say, like, this is the year that I want to accomplish this. And, like, this is my goal for this age and things like that. And I've had a lot of people tell me that 23 is really scary because you're nearly at your mid-20s. Even my mum was like to me the other day. She was like, you're nearly 25. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't look at it like that at all. I'm like, this is just another year for me to grow. And I don't know. I feel like the timing of that guy kind of inserting himself back into my life for all of five minutes because the door is shut but yeah I don't know it kind of sparks something in my brain of like even if you don't grow upwards in the way that people traditionally think you should like growing up in age and growing up in I don't know you know like when people say like oh you've grown they traditionally or like typically mean upwards but I think like growing inwards and outwards is such a beautiful growth and him messaging me made me realize how much I've changed as a person since I knew him and I've changed for the better and you know even in terms of relationships and stuff like that like I settled for him treating me like absolute shit for ages and I know that I would never do that now because you have to go through those experiences to know that you deserve so much better than that and yeah, it was just a reminder to me and I just thought it was really funny and I was even like laughing about it because I was like, oh, like look at me now. Like I work out every single day. I am on antidepressants. I have my nipples pierced. <laughs> I take care of myself and I feel good about myself. And that's not the person I was when I was sleeping with him. And I don't know, that incident just kind of made me feel really proud of myself and made me realize that 
even though I might not see myself growing up in age as such a big thing, I can at least say I've grown inwards and outwards to become the best version of myself. And personally, I think that's the best way to grow. So on the topic of boys and dating and blah, 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 all of that stuff, I've just been thinking about like how many people I know who are in relationships, like long-term relationships who are around my age. And I think my friendship groups span from the ages of like 22 to 29-ish. And you know, they're all in relationships and, well no, not all of them, most of them are in relationships and they have been in relationships for a really long time. And you guys know, I always talk about how I've always been single, I've never had a boyfriend and I really don't go searching for that. But I would be a liar if I didn't say that it doesn't play on my mind sometimes and it's really easy to think that it's you. But there is a reason I think why people should be single. Um, not to say nobody should ever be in a relationship, but I just mean when you are in transitionary periods of your life, I think it's so good to go through that knowing that you aren't attached to anybody else because then your growth doesn't depend on them too. And I think that's where I'm at in my life. I'm not done and I'll never be done. I'll never be done growing. I'll never be done evolving and changing. But the journey of healing and fixing the issues that I had when I was like 16, 17, 18, that journey isn't complete yet. And I know that journey isn't complete yet because you just feel it, you just know, you know, your gut instinct, intuition, things like that will tell you when you're ready. And I'm not ready. And I keep trying to be ready. I keep trying to like throw myself in the dating world and be like, yeah, I'm just gonna like go and flirt with a bunch of guys. And like, I do that anyway, but not with any intention of it becoming anything serious. And I think because I'm at the age that I am, people get kind of frustrated because they're like, why aren't you being serious about it? But I also think it's so personal and like very based on who you are as a person. Like I've never dreamed of getting married. I've never even envisioned living the rest of my life with a partner. And yes, many people think that's sad, including my mother, but I don't, I've just never seen it. And I think if you don't envision things like that, then you shouldn't have to chase it because it's not your dream that you're gonna be chasing. It's the dream that society has led you to believe is what you should have. And I don't really want that. And so for me, I don't feel like I'm running out of time in the dating world because I don't have this like end goal. It's just like a vibe. Like I'm just breezing through. If I meet someone who I vibe with and I wanna be with, then so be it, but I'm not actively searching for it. And I like really respect my friends who are in the dating world because that shit just seems so complicated, especially in COVID, but yeah, I just can't be arsed. Like, yeah, sure, it might be fun. Who doesn't love a free drink? But I just can't be bothered to get to know people like that and to have it amount to nothing because you have to go through a bunch of people before you find, quote unquote, the right one. And I just don't have the energy. Like, I'd rather go through a million phases with myself and find the version of me that I love rather than, like, go through a shit ton of men and be like, ew, 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 oh my god, you're cool, we'll date. Also, I'm like, where am I going to find a guy that's going to go to SoulCycle with me, you know? 
So I'm gonna have to hold out until I find that. I also think that like with being single at this age and like, especially like, I can only speak from personal experience, but like the specifics of me growing up in a very religious environment for most of my life meant that when I was finally free from that, like not in a Catholic school and like wasn't going to church, it meant that I had to like unpack a lot of religious trauma and religious guilt actually, a lot of religious guilt. And I think this is something that really isn't spoken about as much as it should be. And I, maybe I'm the only person in the world that feels this way and I doubt that, but I'm just gonna say that in case anybody else is listening and they're like, ew, that's weird. Because first of all, shut the fuck up and don't invalidate my feelings. But two, I understand that not everybody grew up in religion, so. Okay, let's say this might be weird to some of you, but I experienced a lot of religious guilt when I lost my virginity, which is obviously like a completely obscure social construct of like you losing something, you don't lose anything, but that's the phrase, so I'm just gonna have to say that. But I had a lot of religious guilt, I felt really bad, I felt very like unclean and as if I had done something so wrong and I was just gonna be punished for it and I didn't know how I was gonna be punished for it. And I really had to unlearn that and unpack it in order to like continue hooking up with people because that feeling afterwards in my head at that time wasn't worth it because I just felt so bad and like I went to a school where you know premarital sex was something that was just considered a sin and like being on birth control was considered a sin and I've been on birth control since I was 15 so you know was already a sinner but felt very bad for it and it's crazy to me because I didn't even go on birth control for the birth aspect. I went on birth control because I had irregular periods and really bad skin and I was just made to feel so bad for being on it as if I had literally set the world on fire as if I was Satan himself or herself or themselves, whatever but you know what I mean and growing up and you know, I say this all the time, I am so grateful that I went to a sixth form as liberal as the one that I went to. I remember when I walked in on one of my first days there and I took social sciences, so my sixth form building that I was always in was very liberal, the teachers were very liberal. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a great place, but when I walked into the building for the first time, there was a bunch of posters that were like, gay is okay. And uh, you know, the Stonewall posters, it's like some people are straight, some people aren't, whatever. And I just thought that was amazing. Like I'd never seen anything like that before because until that point, every institution I had ever been in was based on the church and based on God and those morals, if you can even call them that, but those beliefs that living a different way makes you unpure. And so when I went to sixth form, that was really when I started to feel liberated and feel confident enough to explore that liberation and that sexual liberation with sexual identity and hooking up with people. And still I carried a lot of religious guilt and I still do to this day, even with things that aren't surrounding sex, but I realized that nobody else around me at that time was experiencing what I was experiencing. And so it helped me see things from a different perspective and see people's like nonchalance towards hookup culture and knowing that it doesn't need to be as serious as it's made to feel. And that's a completely different side of it, but like 
if it is serious to you, then it is serious to you. And if it's not, it's not. Like some people are really against friends with benefits and hookup culture. They think that you should only sleep with people that you actually love and have a deep, profound relationship with. And then there's other people who are like, fuck it, I have needs. And I think both arguments are completely valid. But I think in order for me to unpack a lot of the religious guilt that I had, I had to believe temporarily. It was not even temporarily, I still do believe this, but at the time I had to convince myself that I was completely okay with not sleeping with people that I, no, wait, what? With sleeping with people that I wasn't in love with. Because um, I've never been in love. I've never been in love with anyone. And I can say that confidently. There was a moment in my life where I was like, have I been in love? No, I've never been in love. Um, and so everyone I've slept with, I've never loved. And I think that was honestly like my breakthrough and my step towards knowing that religious guilt will probably always haunt me. And sometimes I even catch myself like saying, you know, like saying things like God forbid. And to someone who is atheist or agnostic or whatever, that might just be common phrase to you. But for me, for most of my life, that was a very serious phrase. And so now when I say it, I'm like, oh my God, even, oh my God, you know, like, it's, <laughs> there's just a lot, there's just a lot. And I had to unpack it. And I think that because I didn't leave that Catholic mindset until I was 16, now at 22, it still hasn't been that long. And so I want to spend my early 20s, my late 20s, however long it may take, being liberated sexually and being liberated from the constraints of a religion that I personally feel didn't serve any purpose or benefit to me. And I don't know, I just think that it's really important to be liberated in that. And you can be liberated in a relationship, I'm not saying that at all. To my besties who are in relationships, good for you. I actually know that most of my best friends in relationships are having the wildest sex, so good for them. But <laughs> it's just like this idea that you you need to know what you want in order to ask for it. and. I don't think that if I was in a relationship now, I'd know what I wanted. And I don't think that's fair on myself and whoever I'd be in a relationship with. So, yeah. So I slightly touched on the topic of birth control and it's actually something that I really want to get into because, I mean, it's been such a big part of my life, I guess. I don't know, like, I have just been on it since I was so young. So I have always been taking different types of birth control. I've literally tried most of them. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, I will repeat it because honestly my memory is awful, but I originally went on the progesterone only pill, like that was the first form of birth control I was on because I suffer from migraines and cluster headaches and so if you suffer from those things they don't prescribe you the combined pill because it makes you more prone to blood clots. However, when I actually started sleeping with people, because like I said, I was on birth control before I started sleeping with people, but when I, yeah, when I started hooking up with people, I changed pills and I went to a sexual health clinic and went on the combined pill, which I probably shouldn't have done because yes, I am not the epitome of health, but I went on the combined pill and I just like lied to the woman. She was like, do you have any headaches? I was like, no, not me, never. And so they gave me the combined pill and I was on that for a while and it made me break out and 
it would make me sick every single day and I didn't know why and then I found out it's because it has a lactose in it and I am lactose intolerant so never went back on that um and then what else did I do oh I went I think it what is that there's the estrogen only progesterone only combined and then I went on the patch which I I did like it's just inconvenient especially if you work out a lot it's like where do you put it so I would always put it like just above my waistline and then I'd find that it would like peel and bend because obviously I have stomach rolls I you know what the hell when I sit down my stomach doesn't stay flat so the sticker would like bend and like move and then I thought it's just not going to do its purpose if it's not stuck on properly then I put it on my arm and my skin had an allergic reaction to it so that wasn't great um, but that still is my form of birth control, even though it's not the best. However, I am considering getting an IUD. Um, I've spoken to a few people about it. I know there's two different types. There's like a non-hormonal one and a hormonal one. I just don't really enjoy the idea of something being in you for that long. Um, I'm very against the implant. I know that a lot of people love the implant and stand by the implant. I do not want a fucking piece of metal in my arm. I remember when I was in sixth form, there was a girl that sat opposite me in my sociology class who had the implant and she would like touch her arm and it would pop to the surface and oh my god, it used to make me feel sick. Like, just like the skin moving in that way, just ill. Um, and also they have to like make an incision in your arm to put it in and I don't like that. I don't know. I don't like pain. So yeah, I don't want the implant, but the IUD seems like a good enough form. So I mean, I'll update you guys if I get it. Um, however, I just, oh, I don't, I don't like the idea of like just going to the doctors and being like, spread your legs, let's put an IUD in because I'm also approaching the age where I have to get my smear test done soon and I'm not looking forward to that at all. I mean, there was a moment I was considering not even getting it done. I will get it done, but like, I just don't like the idea of it. <sighs> Anyways, that was kind of a tangent, but yeah, I feel like there aren't enough conversations about birth control that happen. So a lot of people don't know what works best for them or what they should be on. And so I think a lot of people have experiences like me where they literally just try all of them to see what works. I also think that they should really disclose the fact that if you're allergic to dairy, you can't take the combined pill because what the fuck? Like, how can you just not tell people that? I would literally be sick every single morning and have no idea why. And I was like, am I pregnant? Even though I'm on the pill, am I pregnant? Because that's literally like morning sickness. But no, just allergic to dairy. Like I said, I'll update you if I get an IUD. Maybe I'll even make a TikTok about it. Who knows? Who knows? But remember to stay safe if you're sleeping with people. Stay safe. Use birth control. You don't want an unwanted baby. No one wants that. Oh my god, so many people I know are having kids. Like, who were in my graduating classes of sixth form and secondary school. And I'm just like, oh my god, I could not imagine having a kid at this age. And I've even had friends who have, like, told me that they're, like, ready for a family. And I'm like, oh my god, I literally still live with my parents. Like, I just... I mean, everyone's life is on a different path, but dear lord, I could not imagine having a kid at 22. Also, I literally work too hard in the gym to let a baby ruin this body right now. Or whatever, I don't ever want a kid, but right now, oh god, I'm trying to get abs. I'm not trying to have a fucking lump coming off my belly. God, I really am, like, the person that 
mummies hate. Like, you know those mums who just love being a mum? They just despise me because I don't get it at all. Anyways, moving on very swiftly because even the talk of babies creeps me out. Let's talk about the male gaze. Let's talk about the male gaze and the idea of like being conventionally pretty and stuff like that and pretty privileged. There's a whole load of it to be honest. But I found that when people compliment my fashion sense the most, it's typically when I dress more masculine and the people that compliment my fashion sense when I dress more masculine are not men, they are women. And I prefer that. I prefer compliments from women about the way I dress, which made me realize, oh, I'm actually dressing through the female gaze. Whereas when I compare how I used to dress and like how I used to go to parties when I was like 16 and the outfits I would wear, I felt incredibly uncomfortable and so just not confident, but I knew that I looked sexy in the eyes of the male gaze. And um, I don't know if it's obvious on my Instagram or my social media or whatever, but I really do not enjoy low cut tops. I say that knowing that my four most recent Instagram pictures are me in a plunge top, but I don't really like having my chest exposed. I don't know, it makes me sound like a prude. Maybe that's some religious girl. I don't fucking know, but I've just always been like a high neck, turtleneck kind of gal. I love a good high neck. I literally have maybe 25 different versions of a similar black turtleneck or high neck. I don't know, I just like them. They make me feel confident. I feel like you can style them up, you can style them down. I just love them. And when we went into the pandemic, I really started to like change my fashion sense, especially because I wasn't at uni anymore. So I wasn't actually dressing to impress anyone. I was dressing to feel comfortable and confident. And I feel like when people compliment my fashion sense now, they're literally referring to post-March 2020. And I think that it's because I was no longer dressing for the male gaze. I don't know, there's something about it. I mean, if you grew up going to, like, I say underage parties, but like house parties when you were in school and stuff like that, you might feel a similar way that you were dressing for the social environment that you were going to be in rather than to feel comfortable. And I feel like confidence comes from being comfortable. It comes from knowing that you feel good on the inside because that shows on the outside. And I look at pictures of me when I was at these parties when I was younger and I was like, oh my God, you look so unattractive because you don't feel confident. Like I was like crouching over in pictures and like trying to cover certain parts of my body because I just felt so uncomfortable. And people, well, I think at least like, guys, if you're interested in guys, who only go for you based on their perceptions of like how you dress and how you present yourself and like how sexy you can be, they are the guys that you should stay away from. Because I mean, Drake said it best, sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. Like, that's how I look 95% of the time. And so if people only base your attractiveness on you dressing through the eyes of the male gaze, and that can really feel shit. It can, it can. And I know that there are guys who have like expressed that to me. They don't realize that they're expressing it to me, but they have. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to keep dressing like this then because other people find it attractive. No, 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 besties. If you feel attractive, that will attract the correct person rather than you dressing to feel attractive for someone else. I don't know where that actually came from. But that's something that's been on my mind for a while. Anyway, moral of that story is that 
if you are single and you feel really shitty for it or you just feel like you're not at the same pace as everyone else or anything, just know that there's a reason for it. Like, this might sound bad to some people, but like, being single is an active decision, okay? Like, guys are desperate. <laughs> okay, not all guys, but a lot of guys are desperate. Like, if you truly wanted to just have a relationship for the sake of having a relationship, you could do it. But you being single is a choice, it's a decision, and sometimes it's the best thing for you. It's a time where I think you learn so much about yourself, and you do learn things about yourself in relationships that you wouldn't be able to learn about yourself when you're single, but your time will come, or it won't, and that's fine. Every single situation and solution or possibility in the dating world is fine, as long as you're happy with it. And I think more often than not, people say like, oh, I'm so happy to be in a relationship as opposed to I'm so happy to be single because one's frowned upon and one's like, oh, why are you single? Like, what's wrong with you? Nothing, nothing's wrong with you. I know a lot of people who should be single right now. They should be single and in therapy and then they should throw themselves back into the dating world. So just know that this is your time and take advantage of it. Take advantage of the fact that right now you are nobody's responsibility but your own and you don't have to tend to anyone romantically in a way that might drain you if you're not ready for it. This is your time to work on you or even if you don't want to work on yourself, which I do think you should do all the time, but even if you don't, this is your time to be free. Take yourself out on dates. Don't wait around for a relationship. That's another big thing. Do not wait around for a relationship to do things that you think you should do in relationships. I get this question a lot. How do I get so comfortable doing things by myself? I realized I couldn't wait around forever. I realized I could not wait around until I was in a relationship to go on a cute holiday or to go and have breakfast at my favorite place. I do those things alone and I love doing them alone. I love being in a relationship with me because at the end of the day, I am the person that I love the most right now and I hope that it stays that way forever, but I am the person I love the most so I'm gonna take myself out on dates. The way that you think that you should treat your significant other is how you should treat yourself always. A final note to the whole dating thing. I do think that a really important thing to remember whether you are dealing with not feeling worthy in your relationship or out of a relationship, being single, whatever the situation may be, if you feel these constant pressures from people around you or society to be something that you're not, that really doesn't matter. And it's easier said than done to remember that, but everybody else's perception of you has absolutely nothing to do with you. If people consistently tell you that you shouldn't be single or you're at the age where you should be dating, that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. And they're probably speaking from their own experience, which is where we all speak from. But you have to remember that, that we don't speak from other people's experiences. We speak from our own. And so if someone tells you that you shouldn't be single, that's from their perception of what life should be. And that doesn't mean that your perception of life has to be the same way. And you shouldn't have to live up to their perception of life or their expectation of life. And I think that once you let that go, once you let yourself be free of what other people think they should demand from you, life can be a lot easier. And being liberated and dating and sleeping with people and just feeling around and exploring sexuality and all those things, once you let go of the restraints that people put on you and make you feel like you need to be confined into, it becomes a lot easier to understand what you want. And that's the most important part of life and especially of dating. It's so important to know what you want because I can tell you firsthand, I have been in so many situations where I didn't know what I want and I had to find out that I didn't know what I wanted by getting something that I really didn't want. 
And that's a painful experience. And if you can avoid it, please do. Please don't throw yourself into situations because you feel like everybody else is doing that. Especially if you're young, I feel like there's so much pressure to just be with guys and like speak to a bunch of guys. And it's so boring. It's so boring. Talking stages are so, so fucking boring. Like there's only so many times I can actually hear someone tell me about their life that I actually just don't fucking care about. Like, oh my God, the amount of times, especially during like A-level season, these guys would be like, yeah, like I'm doing this A-level and they'd be telling me about chemistry and I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, I just, I don't. And that isn't fair on me or them. And so just remember that everybody else's perception of you is not something that you need to live up to. It's not something that you owe anyone because you are you and someone will love you for you, even if that person is just you. Okay. So girl talk over. Let's talk about turning 23. So I've said this a lot, but I'm really excited to turn 23. And as I said earlier, like I am doing everything I can to like erase things that won't help me grow as a 23 year old. And I mean, I am just a very dramatic person. And so I feel like throwing out my clothes and things that I don't need and changing my phone number and buying a new phone are things that I should do. I'm not saying everybody has to do that. I just love the idea of a fresh new start. But I think that deep down, the reason why every time my birthday approaches, I feel this feeling of just starting over and reinventing myself is because I realized that if I stay 22 year old me when I'm 23, I'll be shrinking myself into places that I don't fit in anymore. And that's something I remind myself every single day that you cannot keep shrinking yourself to fit in places you've outgrown. And those places might be people, friendships, careers, anything in life is a place. And there is a point in everyone's life where you realize that you are going through the motions of things because that's all you've ever known. And it's scary to take a leap of faith without knowing for sure that it's the right thing to do or the best thing to do. But even if it's not the best thing to do, even if it's not the right thing for your life in that moment, you'll learn so much from it and you'll grow from it. And that's the end goal, right? And so you'll learn all these lessons, you'll complete the lessons and you'll get to move on. And for me, I've learned so much at 22. I've learned so much. And honestly, I think 22 will always be such an amazing year that I look back on, despite all the pain and the hurt and the tears and the sad parts that I, you know, would be expected to want to forget. I think that I'll always look back on 22 with a full heart because it made me such an incredible person. It made me a person that I could only ever dream of becoming. And I want to go into 23 expecting new beginnings and expecting things to keep growing inwards, outwards, upwards, any direction, just this sense of knowing that there is so much more out there. And I look back at 22 and to be fair, if you've listened to all of these podcast episodes, then you've seen my whole 22nd year. I started this podcast when I was 21 just before my 22nd birthday. And I've been through so much and I've documented most of it, which I love. I love that I started my TikTok account when I was 22. I, you know, I have so many memories that now live online and to some people that may be terrifying. And at times it is terrifying to me because I now realize that so much of my life is accessible to so many people. 
but I like having these reminders of how much I've changed and how much I've grown. And I mean, if I look back on 22, let's do a little reflection. I mean, I still have just over a month until my birthday, but let's do a reflection on 22. So I, for the first time in my life, despite that one pub job that I mentioned a few times that wasn't a real job, 22 was the first time I had an income. I had money, I was being paid, I had a job, if you will. I mean, I still don't really call it a job because it's not like a stable income, but like I was getting paid enough to live a life that I didn't think I'd be able to live. And I was being paid enough to do things that genuinely make me happy. And I was being paid enough to not depend on my parents as much. And that's such a cool feeling. And I know that I am so fucking lucky. And also at 22, I went on antidepressants and I'm so, so grateful for that. I am truly so grateful for that for more than one reason. First reason being, I don't want to cry every single day. So that was great. But also I'm so grateful for that because it shows my strength. It shows that I have grown enough to realize that asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of huge strength and it's a sign of capability and it's a sign of hope. And for years when I was at my most depressed state, I always reminded myself, but never believed it, but always reminded myself that wanting to know more about the future is enough. Wanting to hold on for hope is enough to get you through. And I'm really proud of myself for holding on to hope because it might sound dark and if you know me in real life I'm sorry if you didn't think I was like this but I really didn't think I'd be here after 18. I really didn't. Life just didn't look like it would ever get better and I was actually having this like internal thought process the other day on a walk home and I was thinking is life better? Like has it actually got better? And I was kind of kind of sad at the time and I just said to myself, I was like, it doesn't matter if life has got better or it hasn't, and it's okay that I can't clearly see if it has, but the fact that I'm questioning it is a big improvement from the days when I was like, life is fucking awful and not worth living. And that happened at 22. You know, it it can happen at any age, but it happened at 22, and I feel like it was just such a vital thing for me to realise, and it it happened at the perfect time. It happened at the time where I was about to give up. It happened at the time when I genuinely didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I just thought, like, life is going to be like this forever, and it's miserable. And I don't know, I just... I've learnt so much this year, and I've also stop speaking to people that I didn't think I would ever stop speaking to but I know that it's for the best and I think that happened at the age that it did it happened this year because I'm ready I'm ready now I'm ready to deal with losing friends that I thought would be around forever because before that I would have let it completely crush me I don't know I just feel like 23 year old me is really going to thank 22 year old me for not spending this time worrying and knowing that the possibilities are endless and they truly are and I feel like I and I know many others don't give themselves enough credit for how far they've come but life isn't easy life really isn't easy and you know for some people it's not as hard as it is for others but life is never easy for anyone and I think that when navigating through this life 
it's a lot easier to give yourself to other people and to try and help their problems and for my fellow people pleasers you know that that's a safety net you know that when you do that it's like you're half fulfilling the thing inside of you that needs to be healed but then when you turn it on yourself and you realize that you should give yourself that energy and heal the energy in you things really start to look a lot different and you start to realize your worth and you start to realize that the time of friendships and relationships doesn't mean anything it's easy to let go of those things when you see people coming into your life that show you the love that you have been begging this person to give you for years. You know, I would say nearly three summers ago, two summers ago, was one of the most pivotal moments in my life. And it was a summer that I had fallen out with someone I called a best friend and spent my whole life with them. I just, I spent so many of my formative years growing up with them and growing alongside them. And falling out with them, as much as at the time, I truly didn't care. And that, I don't know, that might come across bad, but like it got to the point in our friendship where I knew it was coming and everyone around me knew it was coming as well. But falling out with them opened up a world of opportunities for friendships because I wasn't so consumed by that one friendship. And friendships shouldn't consume you in that way. Like I look at my best friends now and we don't see each other every single day, but God, I would take bullets for them. And I would want them to call me at any moment if they needed me, even if I'm not there physically all the time. And I feel like we do have that relationship. And I love when my friends are just like, Mary, this is my issue. And they text me and I'm like, okay, let's break it down. Rather than feeling like this second best option all the time, who's only there to serve you the purpose of fixing your life problems and you don't want anything to do with me when anything else in your life is happening or whether it's, you know, someone that you've just known for so, so long that you feel as if you don't know how to live a life without them, you've done it before and you'll do it again. And I, I think that's a great thing to remember with any sort of situation in life where you are scared of change. You were a person before that event and you'll be a person after it. And it's a lesson learned. It's something you will hold with you and carry with you. But just know that it will open up so many opportunities. Don't forget to thank yourself for how far you've come because for most of us it hasn't been easy and I bet you've all congratulated someone else on how far they've come or you've told someone you're proud of them. Don't forget to say that to yourself. Anyways, I am gonna sleep today um, and yeah, I don't know, was this, did this make sense? I say that at the end of every podcast. Did this episode make sense? I hope it did but I love you guys. Thanks for listening.